Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Guardian. Ecuador became the first country in the world to guarantee the rights of the environment and the constitution passed in 2008. Sumat Kausai is an ancient Quechua phrase that when translated means good living. With the goal of improving the quality of life of citizens, the 2008 constitution recognizes the right of the population to live in ecologically balanced and healthy environments. Dr. Erica Artiega Cruz feels that the Ecuadorian government is failing to live up to this, and the indigenous people are paying the price. It's a huge battle, right, between what is um, the dream and the principles and what the capitalist system is nowadays. But we know that if the dream does not win, then everybody's going to be extinct. Artiega Cruz studied medicine at a private university in Ecuador's capital, Quito, and she was accepted on a Fulbright scholarship to earn her Master's of Public Health at the University of South Florida. However, it would be during a period of community service that she realised that being a doctor just wasn't going to be enough, so she decided to become more political with her work. She's now a member of the People's Health Movement, which is a network of various grassroots organisations and health activists that works towards achieving equal health access for all. One of her main focuses is on supporting members of indigenous groups in Ecuador. In the highlands you have a lot of indigenous people and they have the worst indicators of malnourishment, uh, undernutrition, um, teenage pregnancy, you name it. This is Small Changes, a podcast about how sometimes the seemingly smallest change can have the biggest impact. I'm Lucy Lamble. Hello, this is Lucy here. Hi, how are you? Very well, thank you. Hope you are too. This week, I'm talking to Dr. Erica Arteaga Cruz about her fight for social health care for all in Ecuador. So um, my dad was a dentist and um, I wanted actually to be an anthropologist. But in, my ha- but in my house, you could not study anthropology or sociology. So I decided to be better than my dad, and that was to be a doctor. I grew up in Quito. My, my father is from El Carchi, which is a northern province. And uh, we always, in the weekends or um, all the holidays, we went by 
uh, road, road trip to visit all the provinces in Ecuador. And uh, then I have uh, direct contact with the needs of the people. So Erica, you decided to, to train to be a, a doctor. What, what does that mean? Presumably you had to get yourself to university. Yes, so I went here to a private university, but then you have to do mandatory community service. And in this community service, I met wonderful tutors who helped me um, also see that it doesn't matter how much medicine or how much uh, drugs, pharmaceuticals or, uh, you give to the people, if you don't have adequate human needs met, then you cannot change health. And we went like one year ago to a community, Shuar community here, which is under mining threat. So the mining company is in the territory of this indigenous um, community. And all the, all the children were malnourished. So they were really hungry. But it's not a matter of whether they are really, really poor because they live in the jungle or they cannot, or it's not that they cannot grow their own food, is because the mining company was invading their spaces. So it doesn't, didn't matter how many doctors or how many brigades of health we were able to put out there. If we didn't change the basic situation, which was the invasion of the mining company and this development model, these kids were not going to have help. Obviously, in, in the city, that there are a lot of people who are living very prosperous lives. But is there inequality as well in, in, in the capital? Yes, totally. Um, Ecuador is a country of inequalities, and you have a lot of, of migrants in the poor areas in Quito and around the markets. You have migrants for, from indigenous communities in the highlands. So in Quito, you can also find malnourishment and undernutrition as well, uh, the same rate that you have in the highlands because you have a lot of migration. So, Erica, obviously there you were at the university in in your last years of of study and you must have been deciding what to do next. Um, And you were considering these different specialisations you could do. What happened to make you change your course at this point? It was kind of my last year of medicine, and I was in the hospital, and there was a very little kid. She was a Chinese kid. Her name was Sophia, and she lived with the machines, hung to the machines, so she cannot breathe. She had a machine. She cannot feed herself. She had a machine. She was always taking away the IV uh, where the antibiotic get into her body. So she, um, I met her when she was like six months old. She went into the hospital and she never left. I left the hospital before her. She had her first year in the hospital and we threw up a party for her. And when she went out of the intensive care unit, she didn't want to dress with colors because she was used to be in white all, all her life. And when she had a crisis, I remember that I was not strong enough to be objective, to be her doctor, because I wanted her to be mine, to be my kid, and to fight for her. So it, it is actually very hard to have a hospital life if you are not objective and detached. And I realized I could not be detached <laughs> to see this little girl die. She died actually three or four years later.
even if you do your best in the hospital, the children were, uh, will continue to come in because malnourishment is uh, out there, as I told you, the development model and the global economy. So I decided it's better to go and turn the politics because politics will change the world and then we would not have as much children with inevitable diseases. There's no need to have these kind of inequalities, you know. And what kind of avoidable diseases were, were these children facing and dealing with? Diarrhea, malnourishment, very easy to treat diseases such as uh, you start with infections of uh, respiratory infection, but then because you don't have well-nourished body and you do not have enough defenses, then you end up with pneumonia and then encephalitis. So it was really preventable diseases. The hospital backward this is a reference, a national reference center. So these were children mainly from the provinces and the highlands. In the highlands, you have a lot of indigenous people, and they have the worst indicators of malnourishment, uh, undernutrition, um, uh, teenage pregnancy, you name it. Ecuador has this interesting philosophy, the buen vivir approach. Uh, I believe uh, in, in, in indigenous languages it's, it's suma causai. Can you tell us a little bit about how this works? So suma causai was the indigenous movement proposal uh, in Ecuador during the last decade when we drafted our new constitution in 2008. And um, to understand it, you should kind of uh, go close to the Andean and um, Quechua communities here. It's translated, loosely translated as good living, but it has nothing to do with the welfare state because it has a notion of balance and um, equilibrium between human beings, but also with nature and not nature as an object outside of yourself, but nature as part of yourself. It tends to be tied to reciprocity relations rather than explo- exploitation relations and tends to be tied also to the conscience of living in community. So it's not an individual by itself that consumes goods, but it's like if the community is in balance, then the nature would be in balance and the whole, the larger community or the province would be in balance than the, the, the country. So what happens when this lovely philosophy comes face to face with another kind of interest? I mean, obviously, you've got some communities who have big minds present in them. Yeah, that's what we're fighting, right? That's the fight of our times. Um, The last government used the Summa Causa as a slogan. And under that slogan, they drilled anyway the Yasuni. Yasuni ITT was a proposal to leave oil underground. And we were proposing that as a country outside, leave the oil underground if we can have enough money from the Germany, um, the United Nations were, were supposed to pay to preserve this part of the Amazon region that's mega diverse. But um, they, they ended drilling the oil anyway. So it's a huge battle, right, between what is um, the dream on the principles and what the capitalist system is nowadays. But we know that if the dream does not win, then everybody's going to be extinct. Noam Chomsky said already in 2015 that the great uh, hope of the humanity is precisely these indigenous people and these tribes that resist all around the globe, these fights for their lands, because they, all, they not only fight for their land as a resource, as a, a material income, as I 
as I told you. They fight for the lands because the lands is the fight for themselves and their ways of living. After the break, we'll hear more about what Dr. Arteaga Cruz believes needs to be done to try and help some of the indigenous people who aren't afforded the same health care as the rest of the Ecuadorian people. Instead of saying, how will I change the world because I'm going to give aid to these poor people, how do we help them fight their fights? We'll be right back. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Here at The Guardian, we love podcasts. Not only do we make dozens of award winners ourselves, but we also write about our favourite podcasts from around the world too. Every week, our column Here, Here, that's here as in hearing and here as in where, comes out filled with recommendations from you, our listeners. We sift through them all to find the hidden gems that the podcasting world has to offer. These podcasts are often small yet mighty productions, which you probably wouldn't find highlighted on your usual podcatchers. So, if you're looking for your next podcast or have one that you want to share with the world, sign up for our weekly Hear Hear newsletter at theguardian.com forward slash podmail and send us an email at podcasts at theguardian.com. Welcome back to Small Changes. I'm Lucy Lamble. Before the break, we heard from Dr. Erica Arteaga Cruz, a doctor who's working with the People's Health Movement to raise awareness about human rights issues currently facing indigenous groups in Ecuador. So we know that the Ecuadorian government should be doing more to push for the rights of nature, which are outlined in in the constitution. But is there anything other countries could be doing to support indigenous people? The proposal, for instance, the Yasuni ITT proposal was that if you want to reduce climate change, then the the governments around the world should pay, especially those in developed nations, should pay for us to keep the oil underground because we are preserving the mega-diverse di- mega uh, forest in the Amazon region, which feeds all of us with oxygen and not planetary destruction. That was one really, really interesting proposal. The other, other ways of development, for instance, is the agriculture, but not the massive agribusiness, but the familiar peasant agriculture. 
It is uh, already proved by FAO, the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United States, of the United Nations, that, uh, that actually the peasants, farmers, are the ones that are feeding the world. We, in our minds, think that the huge agribusiness is the one that feeds us, but not the peasants and the communities are the ones who feed the world. So if we can see that the peasants are the ones who provides us food, then we probably would be more able to have solidarity to include those peasants in the social security system. So when you're working with, with communities, whether they're in urban areas or in, in rural areas, how do you actually try to make change to, to improve the health? What steps are you actually taking day to day? It's like when we went to this um, community that I was talking about, it's called Nankins, where they put this um, new camp for the mining uh, enterprise it's not us that we're gonna save their their children well we went that there with medical attention and we uh, check up the children and all of them were malnourished and we went with a huge table of a lot of medicines but what we didn't think through is that these children even though we can give all these medicines what they need were food they really need food so it doesn't matter how much medicine we give away because we were prepared to have all this medicine for the skin problems and there was medicine for if they have bacterial problems and if they have pneumonia and if they have infection of the urinary tract, we have all the medicines. But what we didn't see is that they were actually dying from hunger. And it is not that they could not harvest or plant their own food. It's because the military invaded their territory. They took away their tools and they took away, um, they killed their chickens and everything because they wanted them to leave for the land to be able to be exploited. Instead of saying, how will I change the world because I'm going to give aid to these poor people? How do we help them fight their fights? Because their fight, the fight for their land against the mining corporation, is the fight that is keeping us alive and that is keeping the planet alive. So if you were to advise somebody else who wants to support Ecuadorian communities, what would you advise them to do and what would you tell them not to do so that the same mistakes aren't just made again? It's more to go with a humble position not to think that you're going to change their lives or like you are going to improve their lives and make their lives more Western-like because you're going to give them medicines and then you're going to give them shoes and you're going to give them um, appropriate housing. It's more to go with an open eyes and open ears to see what they are fighting for and to see what do they need because their health is not only the health of the body, but the health of the Arutam and their gods and the, the nature that they, they are fighting for. So to be more humble and to fit with their needs and to be able to fight their fights. So what would you say has been achieved in Ecuador? In Ecuador, we have now this proposal of the Suma Causa. The indigenous movement is still kind of strong, even though it was persecuted and criminalized during the last um, regime. So we have this hope that things can change and this vision, the, the vision that goes clearer. As human rights, we have the, the rights of nature. So we still have to implement this, the rights of nature.
If you liked this episode, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Even better, leave us a review and tell us about it. And join the discussion on Twitter. We're at Guardian Podcasts. If you want to get in touch, you can tweet us there or email us at podcasts at theguardian.com. Small Changes is produced by Gabriella Jones, Rowan Slaney and Danielle Stevens. I'm Lucy Lamble. Thanks for listening. For more great podcasts from The Guardian, just go to theguardian.com slash podcasts. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. A third of students are less than happy about their university choice. New research by EY has revealed. The findings suggest that a digital rethink is essential to meet the expectations of students and staff. Universities can address this by putting the needs of the people they serve at the heart of their digital strategies. Learn more about the future of human-centered higher education at theguardian.com forward slash transforming higher education. This message was paid for by EY.